0: Hey, Phil, thank you so much for coming on to Startups Girod today and telling us your story. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm sort of a gamer at heart, so, uh, you know, this this really speaks to me. But uh, uh, before we get into PVP and uh, the platform you're building, start with a little bit of a background and uh, how you sort of came into this industry.
1: Yeah, for sure. And so first off, thanks so much for having me. Looking forward to talking about all this stuff today. And I didn't realize you were a gamer yourself, or at least a gamer at heart. So maybe we can have some, <laughs> some fun with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> great. So, um, you know, I ended up in the startup space after I had spent uh, about 10 years in corporate America. So um, I, I've done it when I was, when I had a real job, as I like to say, I did everything <laughs> from, from actually coding to working on sales teams and marketing and my last job was a, a director of customer experience at a insurance company in Los Angeles. So, uh, I did that. And then I, I like to say, I, have, I had my midlife crisis at 35 and <laughs> I was kind of sitting on the sidelines in Los Angeles watching Silicon beach start to happen and grow up and oh. develop and, uh, was kind of going, man, you got to get involved. You know, I always, I've always been kind of a risk taker and excited about new things. And so, uh, I had a, a mentor, At the time, uh, who was in Portland, who's a serial entrepreneur, still a business partner of mine. And uh, I actually flew up there and pitched him on the concept of starting our own venture studio. So we did that. uh, For some reason, he said yes. (laughs) (laughs) I think I caught him at the right moment. Uh, But so we started a venture studio model in in Los Angeles. And so we've done that since 2016. The company's still active. Um, We have, I, I call them all investments. We've done 15 investments, about half of them are projects that we've built or helped uh, other entrepreneurs build, and then with the idea of spinning them out, and the other half are angel investments, so I'm an investor myself and have fun uh, doing that, and PVP is actually one of those projects, and what happened with PVP is uh, it got to the point where uh, either we had to find someone to go run it, or I do it myself, and I had fallen in love with it, along with one of my co-founders, and so we decided to take it and run with it, and here we are.
0: Fantastic. That, that's, I didn't realize you were an investor first, and then you sort of came into the company and uh, took on a managing role. So that's fantastic. Um, what was what was sort of the first thing that made you fall in love with the project? Because I know, you know, when you're looking at, you know, 15 different investments, uh, including, you know, outside investments, it's hard to sort of get tied down with one. So what was the, that first thing that drew you to it?
1: You know, for me, it was really because I had worked on the idea. So it was really the iteration of the idea uh, that my uh, we had, again, started to build this in our venture studio. And so it started out as a completely different idea. Um, So without going through the whole story, in essence, uh, we were sort of looking at a few concepts in the esports space. Um, My co-founder and I uh, ended up taking a trip to Amsterdam to go to an esports conference over there. And uh, actually, on the first night, we were brainstorming some topics and landed on the concept of a LinkedIn for gamers, which is how this actually started. And we kind of looked at each other and were looking back and forth and said, that's such a good idea. <laughs> and so we turned, whole, we turned the whole trip upside down and uh, actually started exploring this concept and doing research and everything like that. We came back and um, three months later, we were looking for a CTO and setting up a Delaware C Corp.
0: That's awesome! Fantastic. So, tell me where where you go from there. Um, I, I I understand initially you were sort of outsourcing a lot of things. So, what was that first uh, uh, idea, and how did you uh, get off the ground with the company?
1: So the first, uh, well, so yeah, it was uh, it was a different idea before we were sort of figuring out how to mold that idea. But once we land yeah. on re- really going deep on esports. And really going deep on the concept, um, one of the things we did in our studio is we would do a lot of market testing. So we ran we ran some survey analysis around the concept, around what the features of this platform would even look like. Um, so once we had that, we had some really strong indicators of the direction we thought it was going to go. And then once we committed, then it was time to actually put a team around it um, and get a little capital behind it. So that was the first step, really, was once we decided, okay, we need, we're going to build a lot of technology. We need a CTO. We went on a search. We found Chris Gray, who's our... CTO now, who's also a gamer. It's One thing about our team is everybody's a gamer somehow, some way. Uh, so that was really the first step that really kind of spun it out of the studio and said, okay, this is going to be its own company and its own thing.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, so let's talk about once you got started. And uh, I, I guess that was about uh, two years ago. Um, Tell me uh, what, and I think I guess you started developing the products about 18 months ago. What does that journey look like? Uh, Walk us through that.
1: Yeah, so the initial part, as I said, we did a good amount of user testing um, just to understand what we thought the core features of this project product would be. Um, So so we launched with actually something that was a a little bit different. Um, We actually were not sure initially if it was going to be connecting game stats or connecting into gamer events. Um, those were two paths that we, each seemed to be fairly viable. So we launched our MVP, the very first version of our MVP, which is always fun to look back at and is really ugly <laughs> at this point. But we did, <laughs> on, we did it just on desktop and we had those core features and we just got it out into the marketplace and had users start you know, using it. Um, and yeah. then that very quickly within a month, uh, we, we realized that this was going down the path of being like a pure social community um and we started one of the first things we did to iterate the platform was just opened up a news feed and so people started posting and and that set us on the track to being a gamer social community
0: that's awesome so initially it was just a desktop uh product and no mobile
1: it it was just it was only desktop in fact um for about 12 months wow that was yeah and that was strategically done so uh, we had a couple goals. We, we had a feeling we would be in beta for a while. Uh, one of the goals was to actually figure out all the core features and what needs to be a part of those features to satisfy this need in the marketplace. Um, and it's a little bit easier and cheaper to test on desktop. So we were okay sacrificing some you know, usability and functionality just to go through a beta. And so as we did that... Um, Our thesis was also that because much of our audience is on Twitch, much of our audience is playing games on PCs, that actually desktop for this audience versus all audiences would maybe even be more applicable and that we could survive longer. But it only took a couple months before our user feedback and our user surveys were just overwhelming us with uh, requests for a mobile app. So we kind of moved that up in our product timeline and we started developing the mobile apps. Based on the learning so far in our data, we started developing those in uh, February of 2020. And then we had our first beta versions of the app out in July, which are now live. Those are uh, in the Android store and in the iOS store, Apple store.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. So let's talk about that transition a little bit more. Um, That's not an easy thing to go through, uh, uh, no matter who your CTO is or how you're (laughs) structuring the company. Tell us uh, what that transition was like uh, going from desktop to mobile.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, we're still going through it if I'm being completely (laughs) honest. Um, but you know, all of a sudden the first thing that happened, the first thing that happened was we were supporting, we went from one fairly simple web application to support to three like overnight. So, so that happened. Um, also we had to really beef up our design resources to be, to, to make a really beautiful web application. So we saw costs go up and things like that. And um, it also became it's more expensive to acquire users with with uh, a mobile app so than it is with pure desktop. So we had to really shift our focus into being really smart about what we're building and and how we're spending money to bring users into the platform.
0: Right, great, right, great. Right. Um, now were you developing everything in-house or was this outsourced? Tell me a little bit about that structure.
1: Yeah, it, it was outsourced. And um, we've actually recently completely um, upgraded our technology team. So we one of the reasons we were in beta for a year is we had a very efficient um, development team. We were outsourcing it overseas. That enabled us to kind of quickly test some things um, more efficiently and at, and at lower cost. Once we got the apps in market, it became clear that we had to have mostly onshore dedicated full stack developers supporting this. There was just so much work to do to support it, much less develop the features that we still wanted to implement that we had to make the move to actually overhaul our tech team um, and bring, bring them in house, which was something initially in our game plan was something we'd do at our seed round. um, But we kind of made a decision that had to be done a little bit earlier than that. So we, we, our CTO Hired some people. We have a really, really talented group of developers now that are working on this, and uh, we doubled our burn in the process, um, <laughs> <laughs> which has been fun. Um, but that was the right move, and we have we're very we're very quick and nimble as far as our technology and the and the talent we have on our, on our team now. Very nice,
0: very nice. So you're based out of LA. Is the entire team out of LA as well, or are they sort of? Geographically uh,
1: dispersed? Fully virtual and, and basically okay. worldwide. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I think I'm okay. real, I, I might even be the only one in LA at the moment. There have been times <laughs> when a few team members have been here, but uh, yeah, we have um, so the furthest person away is uh, we have a head of influencer strategy who is also uh, a well known Twitch streamer over in Europe and she's based in the Netherlands. So, okay. um, so we have someone um, in Europe. Our CTO is in. Kansas. Uh, We've got another team team member in Arizona and one in Montana at the moment as well. So we've been fully this is actually no change for us, but we've been fully virtual from the beginning. Um, Right, I guess, yeah. yeah. uh,
0: Last year, I think, uh, was all virtual because of COVID. So
1: that makes a lot of sense. Exactly. And we we pretty much were before that. So, you know, as soon as COVID hit, we, it was sort of just business as usual. No change. Yeah. Well, no change in terms of operating structure. There's actually, we all know what happened with COVID and people being forced into their homes. It created this surge in the gaming industry. um, And it really just fast forwarded. There's gaming and, you know, across many sectors of the industry has been just increasing in popularity recently. And it really accelerated those trends. So there was a lot of actually excitement around gaming. Um, We almost were, we felt like if we were maybe six months ahead of where we were at the time that we might've had like a, A lightning in a bottle situation at the time. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right, right. So we we almost had to hold ourselves back because there was part of us that really wanted just like go, go, go. But at the same time, we realized we're you know we're we're still trying to figure out exactly what this product needs to be and how it's going to work best and everything. So there's a little bit of patience involved. Patience involved as well.
0: Right. So tell me from user perspective now. You know, going into. Uh, Covid, you only had the desktop app, and then about I guess three, four months into it, you came out with the mobile apps. What was the reaction from users, and what was that sort of initial ramp like?
1: Yeah, we got a ton of great feedback. Um, the users were excited, first of all. We were we were pretty amped up with the, just the response from the existing users that downloaded the app and and loved it and everything like that. Um, we did, however, you know, one of the things we did learn is that. We, when we put the apps in as beta, we had it, we were able to translate about sixty or seventy percent of what was on desktop into the app, um, but it wasn't all there, so there was some initial excitement and then we realized that we actually needed a few of those core features still to help retain users, so that also played into the development story and and it still is our you know eventually we'll be running an advertising model here and so that means we need eyeballs and we need people coming back to the platform. So part of our product focus is on constantly retaining and bringing back users.
0: Right. 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 Okay. This is good. So now that essentially, you know, we're that, that brings us to today and uh, without, uh giving away sort of you know specific numbers as far as users and that kind of metrics because uh i know we want to sort of reserve that uh, for our investors in the in the on the platform uh, give us an idea of sort of where you are today what kind of uh, uh user experience are you offering uh, obviously you have three apps now so um are they feature complete? Or you know, wh- where are you on that uh, product development cycle?
1: Yeah. So for our apps, we're, you know, we're probably I would like to say we're sixty to seventy percent feature complete in terms of what we have on our roadmap and what we think is really, really, really important and what fits into our you know testing that we're still right. going to do. Um, so we're still I still consider us to be an app beta, um, but but we're getting close. And we're what we're really doing is monitoring. We're monitoring the user experience. We're monitoring retention. And as those metrics improve, then we put ourselves in a position to, to really scale once we're close to being ready to further expose the platform.
0: Got it. Got it. So tell me what the rest of 2021 looks like. What 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 do you need to do to sort of ramp up and take that take the user numbers to that next
1: level? Yeah. Um, so the rest of this year, we have, uh, like I said, we're you know we're we're finishing off a bit of our pre-seed round at the moment. Although we're towards the t- end of it. Um, We'll raise a seed round this year. So that's an important round for us because it'll enable us to bring all of our team full-time. Right now we have a a few team members that are full-time and a good number of part-time. So it's going to be important to have the whole team come on full-time. We also have a go-to-market strategy that has yet to activate um, some influencers and some partnerships uh, and some things like that that we're sort of saving for uh, once we feel like the, the product is fully ready to go.
0: Got it. So I want to get uh, talk a little bit more about that and about the strategy that you have there. But just uh, as far as investors are concerned, um, you're finishing pre-seed essentially by you know mid to late first quarter. And then after second quarter, probably in the second half of the year, you'll be in the seed round and you'll be raising additional capital for that sort of next push. But does that about capture it?
1: Yeah, I imagine we'll wrap up our pre-seed. We've raised most of it so far, um, but we'll wrap that up, uh, I would imagine, in the next two months, and then we'll move into focusing our seed around probably Q2.
0: Perfect. Um, So now let's talk about how you're actually using that capital and uh, uh, sort of ramping through the second half of the year. You you talked about influencers. Tell me a little bit more about sort of what that looks like and uh, what you hope to achieve.
1: Yeah, you know, one of the things that um, we actually have already started building, um, and we haven't fully, we haven't fully um, actually marketed it yet, is we have a strategic um, uh, integration and extension with Twitch. So there's actually a Twitch extension we've built that enables influencers to actually interact with our app um, without going through everything that allows you to do. Basically, influencers can tap into part of our app to bring in people to play with live on their stream. So among other things that's a value add for influencers and and a really good reason for them to be on the platform so um we envision ultimately that pvp is going to be number one something that unites the gaming industry and becomes that place where you have to have a profile and it's really important to be online and for influencers we think that's going to also be an important part of the equation right
0: got it and uh just out of curiosity, is there any sort of revenue potential for influencers and through sort of gaming and sharing? Because I know Twitch and a lot of the other platforms are sort of focused on that. Tell me your view on that.
1: Yeah, the, well, short answer there is. Um, I, we will be, will be absolutely running um, some premium subscriptions. And I, I actually foresee an opportunity to do something similar to what Twitch does where influencers can partake in revenue and partake in you know subscription revenue so um absolutely that's one of those things where it um i think twitch has done an amazing job and it becomes a win-win um Mm -hmm. and because the industry and the influencers are so used to that um i think that's an opportunity for us
0: fantastic fantastic and then the additional uh sort of revenue sources for you are through advertising and things of that nature um just Give me a little bit more on that just so we understand.
1: Yep. Yeah, the advertise. So it's really, I'd say three prong. So number one for us is, is advertising. And, and actually the advertising pitch is that we're going to have the most captive, uh, captive platform of close, you know, two and a half billion gamers of, of a captive industry anywhere in the world. So if you want to target gamers, you can certainly do it on Facebook, but you have to segment a lot to do it. And there's a lot of them out there. And so we're going to have... You know, we're going to have an extremely captive audience in terms of targeting um, brands and advertisers have already proven that they need and want this audience. Um, so so that's going to be a, a very strong value proposition for uh, advertisers. Um, then we've got premium subscription um, and also just mentioned big data, um, just because this is something we're doing right now. We are cap- we're capturing a lot of data um, about the community, and that's an asset for us right now.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. And I can certainly see, you know, that data being uh, 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 another sort of revenue uh, outlet for you. Um, so that's fantastic. Um, tell me the next step, sort of the next three to five year vision and where you expect to take the company or do you expect to stay with the company? Maybe that's the first question. <laughs> and then where do you, where do you plan to take it?
1: Yeah. Uh, to answer your Last question. And I'm not going anywhere. So I'm, (laughs) I'm all in on this. Um, Our, our end game is to sell this company uh, either to an an existing social media company, Facebook um, or another gaming company or, you know, game producer, game manufacturer. So it could be Microsoft. It could be Twitch, Amazon. Um, There's a lot of exit opportunities I see, or even a game producer like Riot. So um, there's a, there's a number of exit opportunities I think that will present themselves. Uh, If I could, if I could script it in the way I think this should go, we're going to run a very high profit margin business, um, potentially 80, 90% gross profit margin, even at scale, um, just because we will never need a huge amount of employees to support um, this, even at scale. So um, because of that, um, there's a strong multiple that we can get at an exit. And um, also because of that, I don't really envision seeing, raising like four or five funding rounds. I think after Series A, um, we'll be ready and we'll be in a position to to potentially exit, you know, in the years following the Series A. So hopefully seed this year, Series A 18 months after that, and then hopefully there's some companies looking at us.
0: Got it. So that gets us to 2023 for Series A, and then ideally by the end of 2023, 2024, we're looking at something. Is that sort of, does that capture Yeah.
1: For, yeah, from a business perspective, we'll start to monetize this year. Um, the seed round also helps us do that, um, start to monetize. Um, we'll build that in. Um, then that makes the A round really a kind of a, you know, gasoline on the fire round where it's really growth, you know, hardcore growth round. And at that point, um, our projections would put us in position to, to be ready to exit. Perfect. Perfect.
0: Um, that's, you know, this is a fantastic story and we sort of captured it, uh, uh, very succinctly. Is there anything that I've left out that, uh, you think we should, uh, highlight, uh, in this interview?
1: Yeah, you know, there is. So, um, the name of our company is pvp.com and I think it's worth noting a bit of that story, I suppose. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. We, we, we own the URL pvp.com. Um, we actually bought that just before we, uh, stood up the company. And for anyone that's not familiar with it, it stands for player versus player, which is the most well-known acronym in all of gaming. Um, That's very strategic for us for a number of reasons. First of all, um, it's a part of our growth plans. So this is a URL that can generate natural traffic and things like that over time. So there's certain SEO advantages to having that. Um, But also we had a big vision for this company and we knew there was going to, we're building, trying to build a huge social community. We knew there was going to be runway associated with this. And there are other players that either tried this or, you know, you've got your Twitches out there. So we wanted something that actually built, built uh, a moat and built a brand around our company that would be hard for anybody to replicate. So um, the URL and the, the name itself is a very important part of our story. And, um, and it's also going to be, that URL will be increasing in value. Um, it's a three letter URL. And, Uh, That itself is an asset for the the company. So um, we're excited about that. And then the last thing I'll I'll note is just that we didn't talk about our team, um, but we have a really strong team. We've got uh, two other founders who have all done companies before. One of them was a gaming company that raised a venture round. We've got a strong advisory team that's also um, multiple founders that have uh, done gaming companies and raised venture rounds around them. And so um, we feel really strongly that we have the right group around us and the team to execute what we're doing.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah. Make sure the bios for those people is in the team section. So if investors are watching, they can go to the startup share database, pull out your information and look at the bios for those people, because I think that that, that'll be very interesting to them. Um, But having said that, thank you so much. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was,
1: sorry, you got me talking now. Um, the last <laughs> thing is, I think sometimes it's helpful to talk about like why this even matters. Um, and, the, <laughs> and so the reason this really matters and the reason we're doing it is gamers, just like everyone else they have, there's this human need to connect. And the pandemic has, has actually exposed that and people are isolated. And this is enabling, uh, we're seeing it on the platform. We see people in the UK meet other gamers for the same game, Apex Legends or League of Legends, and start playing. And it's really cool, and we'll see the interactions. And these are like real human connections. So the need for community is there, and it actually happens in an audience uh, that many times is you know, introverted and they like to play, but they, they really want to meet others, and it's hard to do it. And that's what it really comes down to. And the same way that LinkedIn really um, brought together the professional community and enabled people to connect that uh, otherwise would not have we're doing the same thing in gaming and the, and the underlying human need for that is there. Um, so that's, that's a bit of our mission and, and actually why this even matters.
0: That's fantastic. That, that's such a great mission. And uh, you know, human connection is something that uh, never, never uh, sort of goes out of style, right? It, it's something uh-huh. that people are always going to want. So uh, fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for doing the interview. Phil. I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, let's hope I, we can get you the resources you need to sort of keep growing and get to that next level. Thank you, you so much. Thanks so
1: much. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Yep, absolutely. Bye.
1: Bye.